0: Well, good morning church. How are we doing this morning? It is wonderful to see your faces, wonderful to see so many new folk joining us for maybe the very first time. So it is a, a privilege to be able to share with you this morning and to be honest I would love that we can just continue with testimonies. Honestly, they are so heart inspiring. Well done Super Grand, that was that was amazing. You didn't even prep that, and you managed to, uh, to give us a good sermon, so well done, and um, just super grateful for you sharing this morning. But I'm excited to be sharing this morning, and we are continuing our deeper journey, and uh, maybe you are new, maybe you have forgotten if you've got a memory like me, but uh, we're on this journey called Deeper. And uh, we're all trying to go a little bit deeper. And, and us as a, as a preaching team, as a, a, as a group of elders, have been challenged to share from a place of going deeper ourselves. And that is our hope, our dream, that we as a church would go deeper, deeper into a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And if you have not gone deeper yet, I want to say there's still hope. Because as we can see from our title banner, Chad, He's still in the same place he's been for the last five weeks, and so um, we trust him that he'll go deeper too, and maybe next week he'll be completely submersed. Why deeper, you might ask, and I'm glad you asked that question. It's a really good question to ask. The simple answer is the deeper we go, the less control we have, and the more we rely on the Holy Spirit. And we've been quoting a beautiful scripture in Ezekiel that illustrates this. And verse 47, I mean, chapter 47, 3 to 5, it says, "Measuring as he went, he took me along the stream for 1,700 odd feet, and then led me across. The water was up to my ankles. He measured off another 1,700 feet and led me across again. This time the water was up to my knees. After another 1,700 feet, it was up to my waist." Then he measured another 1,750 feet and the river was too deep to walk across. It was deep enough to swim in, but too deep to walk through. I want to remind us of a couple of things this morning, just before we dive in. We cannot magically float into a deeper relationship with the Holy Spirit. To step in deeper, what it requires is trust and faith. What it requires is obedience. And I believe it requires a succession of yeses to what he is asking us. Otherwise, we simply rock back and forth in the same spot. Can I say that the river is there? Its location is set. The depth is set. It's not moving. But it's our obedience levels that would ultimately determine our depth level. I love what Chad mentioned in his preach, and it's worth mentioning again is that this is not an emotional journey. We're not seeking a force, we're not spe- uh, seeking a thought or, or something like that or a sensation. What we are seeking is actually a being, and His name is the Holy Spirit. So I'm trusting this morning, as, as much as we've come to, to get from God, as we always do, and we should because God is ready to give, but as much as we've come to get from God this morning, maybe to get the next set of directions, maybe His next download for our lives, But this morning, I'm trusting that we've come to to give to God as well. That we've come here with surrendered hearts. That we've come here with ears that truly want to hear what His Word says and to listen to what His Word says. And to also come to see what He truly wants for our lives so that we can become ever more like Him. So as I was uh, preparing for today and um, you know giving this journey some thought I was reminded of a scripture way back in the beginning of the Bible which we can find in Genesis 1 where God has just made man and he says this he says be fruitful and multiply and we're going to head straight into the honesty section right now because I have to admit that my pride immediately kicked in and I found myself saying well you know Lord uh you know, on the multiplier part, my, my wife and I have been pretty good at that, right? We've, we've got two kids. <laughs> and look at some of you with three and more slinking even further back in your seats. You were thinking it as well. I just said it. <laughs> but that's the last we're going to be speaking about multiplication today because it's certainly a little bit more than just having children. But you see, in that moment, I felt God say, well, Scott, I'm going to grant you uh, A little bit of your naivety when it comes to multiplication but what about the first part what about the first part of my command where it says be fruitful be fruitful you see as sons and daughters of God those who say we've seen we've tasted we've seen and experienced his goodness his grace his mercy then something that should identify us as his is the fact that we should bear godly fruit for him in fact I want to say that a follower of Jesus Christ who does not bear godly fruit is actually in contradiction to what his word says. So two simple things that I want us to, to settle this morning and, and they are so simple, I'm almost too embarrassed to share them. And um, just part of my personal journey and I hope you can journey with me. So two things. Number one, we, have, we are all called to bear fruit. We are called to be fruitful. And number two, we can't do it. You're welcome to throw stones at me now. We are called to be fruitful. We can't do it. Matthew seven fifteen to 16 says, Beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep, but are really vicious wolves. You can identify them by their fruit. That is, by the way they act. Matthew 21, 43 says, I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a nation that would produce the proper fruit. John 15, 5 to 8. We all love the scripture. It says, yes, this is Jesus saying, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Jump down all the way to verse 8. It says, when you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my father. The proof that God has entered your life on the inside will be by you displaying godly fruit on the outside. And this led me to ask myself, what fruit am I portraying on the outside? What fruit are people experiencing when they come into contact with me? If I had to ask my wife, if I were brave enough to do so, and maybe I should pluck up the courage to do so, what fruit can she consistently, consistently see me displaying on the outside? I'm not sure that I'd like to hear all of her answers. Maybe you should do the same. Maybe you should ask some people close to you, what fruit do you see me displaying? Automatically, without external input, we might say, well, jeez, I'm, I'm a good person, surely? You know, I'm just full of goodness. I'm kind. I'm just... Super kind. I just want to give everything to everyone. I'm gracious. I've got lots of patience. And maybe even if you're a complete overachiever, you'll say, I'm so, so self-controlled. But as we're going to read in some scripture shortly, left up to the flesh, in other words, left up to ourselves, left up to our own wisdom, left up to our own strength, our own individual kind of way of thinking, these fruits won't be evident on the outside of our lives. Because flesh can only give birth to flesh. It's what's on the inside of you that will determine what kind of fruit is displayed on the outside of you. And that's where, we need to, that's where we find the second thing that we want to settle this morning. We can't do it. And it sounds so sad. But actually, if we scratch the surface away a, a little bit, we, we find that it's quite liberating and quite freeing because we can't do it, but He can. And His name is the Holy Spirit. And we have been called into a deeper relationship with him so that he can produce fruit in us for display through us. But I do believe it requires a step of faith first to be able to even see the fruits. Because fruitfulness follows faithfulness. Beautiful psalm that says, taste and see that the Lord is good. And I'm not speaking about fruits, but just the indication of what comes first. Taste and see that the Lord is good. If we rewind back uh, to our Ezekiel passage and, and read on a little bit beyond our key scripture, we'll see just how fruitful God wants us to be. And I love this, this portion of scripture. So read along with me. You can follow on the screen. And I'll read uh, from verse 6 to 12. He says, he asked me, have you been watching, son of man? In other words, have you been paying attention? Then he led me back along the riverbank When I returned, I was surprised by the sight of many trees growing on both sides of the river. I love that. Only once he had been in the river was he able to see all the fruit that lined the bank of the river. Then he said to me, this river flows east through the desert into the valley of the Dead Sea. The waters of the stream will make the salty waters of the Dead Sea fresh and pure. It could have just said any sea, but it said the Dead Sea, the saltiest sea there ever was, and yet this stream had the ability to make the Dead Sea fresh. There will be swarms of living things wherever the water of this river flows. Fish will abound in the Dead Sea, for its waters will become fresh. Life will flourish wherever this water flows. Fishermen will stand along the shores of the Dead Sea, all All the way from that place to that place, the shores will be covered with nets drying in the sun. Fish of every kind will fill the Dead Sea just as they fill the Mediterranean, but the marshes and swamps will not be purified, they will still be salty. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow along both sides of the river, the leaves of these trees will never turn brown and fall, and there will always be fruit on their branches." There will be a new crop every month, for they are watered by the river flowing from the temple. The fruit will be for food and the leaves for healing. Church, I want to remind us, if God has given us the Holy Spirit, and if you have put your trust in Jesus and you trust in His work that He did for you on that cross, then let me tell you, the gift of the Holy Spirit has been given to you. And I also want to say, rest assured, he's been given to us for a very good reason. He is not an optional extra in our lives. He is not an optional extra. He is the fundamental vehicle of fruit production in our lives. When I think about optional extras, so when you buy a car, you hardly get anything with it these days. Everything is an optional extra. Sometimes I think indicators are an optional extra because I hardly see people using them. That's just a sideline. That's some bad fruit. But I truly believe, church, that, and it's evident from His Word, that He's there to guide us, to nudge us, to prod us, and to produce fruit in our lives so that we can display it and bring glory to God. So I want to have a a look at another piece of scripture that I've been mulling over actually before this journey even began. Uh, and And I believe it will help us in going deep and how we can go deeper with the Holy Spirit. In Galatians 5, 16, all the way down to 26. And I know, I think we touched on it a little bit last week. And it says this, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us the desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under, obli- not under obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear I don't know if you can relate with any of those flesh-produced fruits. None. Maybe it's just me then. Oh, I know I certainly can. And it's funny because they always seem to come a heck of a lot easier than the spirits-produced fruits, right? I mean, there's so many opportunities these days as well. Whether it's at home with a child, with a kid that simply just won't listen and is manifesting, Maybe it's at work where someone presents uh, an opportunity to you that is just too good to miss because the carrot is so red or orange, whatever color they are. I'm not a big fan of carrots. But it's so orange and juicy and you have to take it. So many opportunities. I think I jotted down here. I think one of my favorite fleshy fruits, but that's not the right thing to say because it's not a favorite thing of mine. But if I'm to be honest with you this morning and I know God wants me to deal with it because he convicts me every time I step and produce this fleshy fruit, is that I battle with impatience and pride. And the problem is that every time I produce this fruit, I lose the grace for people. And when I lose the grace for people, then I lose out on the opportunity to glorify God by producing his fruit There will always be a tug of war between our flesh and our spirit because they both want to do opposite things. So how do we do it? Well, I love how that scripture starts off. It says, let, let the spirit lead your lives. I want to say this morning, try it. That's like my best advice. Try it. Take a faith risk. If things have not been going so well in a particular area, then try it. Allow him to try and lead you in that particular area. Worst case, nothing happens. You still battle with that area. There is a release of control, church, required from us. This is how we step deeper. We all love us a little bit of control, right? We all love surrendering to the Lord with one hand open, but meanwhile we clenching something else, fussing the other hand, just in case— He doesn't come through just in case. So we have a bit of a backup plan. God wants us to release so that we can take a hold of. We cannot take a hold of something when our fists are clenched. It's it's impossible. Same thing goes for our hearts. If we hang on to things that are not of Him, then it limits how much of Him we can have in our hearts. I was so glad last week that uh, Viv brought that prophetic word that she felt that it was time that some of us pulled out some weeds in our hearts. And I love that because what we feed grows. And if we are not choosing to, to deal with things, to pull those weeds out, to make space, then what they are doing is simply growing. And when things grow, I don't know if it's just me, but when things grow, they take more space. My little boy got gifted a, a little turtle the other day. It started out about yay big, and what you do is you go put it in the bath for like three or four days or whatever. It's been there for about a week now, but so probably take it out, honey. The thing is, it started occupying so much space in the bath, but now it's like this big. And so what it's done is it's simply taken up more space. It's displaced a whole bunch of water. And it's the same thing with the things in our hearts. If we leave things in there that are not of God, then simply they're going to overgrow and overcome the things of God in there if we are not dealing with them. Release them to take a hold of the Holy Spirit. I think a concern is when people hear release control, then they're thinking, well, then there's going to be no control. If I give up control, then who's going to control it? Let me tell you, when we are releasing control to the Holy Spirit, that is a control upgrade, not a downgrade. Second interesting point in that Galatians scripture, it says the NLT says, "Follow the Spirit's leading." I love what the, the ESV says. It says, uh, "Remain in step." Remain in step. Have any of you tried a three-legged race? You know that other one where you get a and you bop your legs together and you got to run to a certain. Let me tell you, when you're out of sync, is detrimental to your race. You're simply going to lose. It's the same thing with our race, with with us trying to produce fruit. If we are out of step with the Holy Spirit, it's detrimental to us trying to produce this fruit. Being out of step is trying to produce fruit in our own strength. Being in step means in the game. It means next to it. It means in relationship. Not out front trying to forge our own path and not way behind saying you do it all. Let me brave this one. I think one thing that I've noticed or that I've realized since marrying an Afrikaans lady, and I'm married to one, I know this is dangerous territory, but I can say it because, is that they're fundamentally born the same as us English folk. When I say fundamentally, like arms and legs and nose and hearts, fundamentally they're born. But there is one fundamental difference between myself and my wife. You see, the Afrikaners are born with this strong desire. It's like, it's incredible. This incredibly strong desire to soki. <laughs> if you don't know what a soki is, see, all the Afrikaners are clapping because they're going, Amen, brother. I know. I, I feel you. All the English act are like, what's a soki? It's an Afrikaans dance. I know when we hear the word dance, we... We run our quickest hundred meters. <laughs> and can I say, my dear wife loves Tusokie. But Ish, it's, uh, it's one of the desires that I'm still trying to fulfill of hers. And I just want to say, honey, it may take a few more years. <laughs> but jokes aside, it, it reminded me, and I know it's probably quite unbiblical, but please forgive me for this. It reminded me about our relationship with the Holy Spirit. Because firstly, it takes two to Right? A soki cannot work with one person. And I told the oldies or the more experienced folk on, uh, on Thursday, a soki with one person is called a sake. <laughs> Secondly, a soki has a natural lead. One person follows, the other person leads. In our case, on our journey, the Holy Spirit needs to be our lead. Our responsibility is to follow. How well we follow determines how good the dance looks. How well we follow the Holy Spirit determines how much fruit we produce. If my wife kicks up a fuss and does not let me lead, then the dance is going to look rubbish, irrespective of how well she can dance. And along the journey, let me tell you, we are some capable human beings. We are. We really are. God has made us well. But our job is not to lead. Our job is simply to follow. We cannot produce the fruit of the Spirit, but God can, and He wants to. And He wants to release the Holy Spirit in you so that it can produce the Spirit through you, uh, produce fruit through you. And this is different. I'm a fundamental preacher. I love giving you an intro, 17 points to uh, becoming a better person and then an outro. But this is not that type of journey. God doesn't want us to get 27 points on how to become a better person. I believe his goal is that we leave here with a thankful heart, a worshiping heart, a heart that is surrendered to the one who can produce the good fruit in us. We don't need a new set of manners. We don't need a new set of rules. We don't even need to become... Better people, in a sense. Please hear my heart. But rather, we need to grab a hold of the fact that we are new creations. And as new creations, we look different because we are called to house the Holy Spirit who produces fruit in us. We're not perfect, and we will get it wrong at times, but we get to look towards the perfect one who can produce this fruit in us. The question is are we prepared to allow Him to take control? It is impossible, we've heard this, it is impossible to be full of ourselves and full of the Holy Spirit. Full of ourselves mean that we only produce fleshy fruit. Are we prepared to listen to his nudgings? Are we prepared to stay in step with him? Not running out front singing, I did it my way. Not lagging all the way at the back saying, Lord, you just do it all and I'll just watch you from a distance. We don't need more information on something. Please, Lord, no. We have information overload these days. Really, we do. If we need the answer to something, we just Google it. If we don't need the answer to something, someone else will tell us. The answer anyway. We don't need more information. But what we need is more revelation of the one who can produce fruit in us. And his name is the Holy Spirit. And can I remind you that he is a, a part, not a part. He is a part of the Trinity. There is no hierarchy. It's not God. Jesus and the Holy Spirit somewhere. actually, he's very much a part of that, and he wants to live inside of us. It's not about doing more. It's not about being better. It's not even about being good, but actually it's about being in relationship with the one who can bear fruit in us. Take a stand. make a call. I know it sounds silly sometimes, but I, I think some of us haven't. Joshua, 24:15. I love the scripture, it says, but for, as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. I love that scripture. So here's the challenge. Our response shouldn't be that we have to do more. Our response should be, it is done. We are saved through work, but can I remind you, that we are not saved through our own work. We are saved through the work of Jesus Christ. And he has paved the way for the Holy Spirit to come and make his home inside of us. What areas do you need to make a stand in this morning? What areas do we need to relinquish control over to the Holy Spirit so that He can produce fruit in our lives? What areas does He need to declare it is done this morning? If you're honest with yourselves, maybe it's your joylessness. Maybe it's in the area of your identity. Maybe it's in the area of a lack of peace or lawlessness. Maybe it's the way you've been conducting your business. Maybe... It's your desire to simply control everything. We have to listen. He speaks in many ways. He nudges, he prods, he convicts. The fruit of the Spirit is not about achieving something. It's about being obedient to someone. I honestly hope that this morning we can be encouraged, that some of us might feel a little bit rebuked, and that's biblical, it's good, but I trust that most of us feel liberated this morning and free, knowing that we actually can't do it, but he can do it and he wants to do it. The quantity and the quality of fruit we do bear is completely reliant on how submitted and obedient we are to the Holy Spirit inside of us. Are we prepared to let the Holy Spirit direct us? Are we prepared to listen, to respond, to be obedient, to say, yes, Lord, to be in step? let us be a church this is so unbiblical let us be a church who love to socky with the Holy Spirit you get my point let us be a church who love to socky with the Holy Spirit he leads we follow he produces the fruit we have the honor in displaying it all for his glory and his benefit can we say amen to that? Why don't you stand with me, please?